Welcome to Morning Coffee and Mimosas. I'm Christina. And I'm Joe. We are a father-daughter duo. We come here Sunday mornings, but you can come here anytime you please. We banter about life, about business, and we do it over coffee and mimosas. Good morning. Good morning, Dad. Another great breakfast. It was. I think we have to stop saying that every week. I know. We're going to make people hungry. I know. Exactly. Breakfast was terrible. No, it was delicious. How dare you? But anyway, anyway, this week. Yes. This week, Dad. Yes. I want to share family secrets. Ooh. What do you think? All right. I got a good one. Oh, do you? Mm Mm-hmm. So I think, listeners, as you spend time with us today, think about the stories that you tell that you've told and the stories that you've been told over the years, try and think about them through a different lens. Maybe there's more than meets the eye, or I guess in this case, the ear, <laughs> the ear. than, yeah. uh, you know, than what we've been told for all these years. Mm-hmm. So a bit of a departure from our, our usual content, but I think it's pretty interesting. Spoiler alert. I do know the story, but I'm going to, I'm going to fake awe shock (laughs) shock and awe i'm gonna i'm gonna fake shock and awe as i hear this for the 45th time it's a good story i'll tell it (laughs) dad what so why don't you tell us a little bit about this family secret that you have recently unearthed Mm -hmm. and then we'll talk a little bit about what this means in life okay i will if it means anything in life i'll give you some background about a year ago i started doing I've always been interested in genealogy and so on, and I signed up for a genealogy site, and I started building out and researching my family tree and stuff. And we have a cousin who had done a lot of work, and I imported his tree, and it's been really fascinating. Good news is Uh, we are all still related. We are. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to tell you, you are my daughter. (laughs) But the interesting thing is, in my family, so my father's family there were 12 children my father a was a lot of kids i know my father was the youngest of 12 and all i knew growing up was that two children had died very young one a girl at about two or three years old who what i knew was died of like a brain cancer or something like that and another uncle my father's brother whose name was Joseph Graziano. Your namesake? Yes, drowned. So that's what I grew up with. Well, and just to not to interrupt Mm -hmm. here, but this is a story that I've heard as long as I can remember. Yes. So my grandfather, dad's dad, passed away before I was born. Mm -hmm. And aside from the amazing stories that I always heard about him, we always heard the stories about him being one of 12 and the tragic death of Mm -hmm. his older brother dad's namesake joe right so anyway continue yeah so i get this genealogy stuff and i'm i'm researching so i have joseph graziano and his sister who died i can't find anything about the sister nothing she would have died around 1918 or so but i know nothing at all about joseph but i'm figuring if a kid drowns who's young There had to be some newspaper article or something. So it turns out that my father grew up in Syracuse, New York. He was born here, 
my grandparents, his parents, came from Italy. They're from Sicily, Palermo, Sicily. And they moved to Syracuse, New York. My father grew up in New York City. So they moved, you know, when he was young. And he was, my father was born in 1921, February of 1921. And he grew up in New York City. So I first started looking in New York City. I thought this kid drowned in the Hudson River or something, you know, I didn't know. And then I realized, oh, wow, when my father was born, they were in Syracuse, New York. So I'm doing this genealogical research and trying to find death notices, whatever. I can't find anything. But I stumble upon an article in the Waterton Times, August 13th, 1920. How did I stumble on it? I thought it wasn't relevant to my situation because the headline of the article said, in fact, do you have it on the screen? I do. I can what read this is, what headline. What does the headline say? It's pretty uh, wild, actually, that it's as yeah. clear as it was because it's 1920. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the Waterton Daily News, it says, bullet enters boy's abdomen. And that is literally the headline. So Correct. you didn't read any further. It, bullet enters boy's abdomen. So the news media just went for the shock value just as they <laughs> just, do now. Yeah. But then in very small print, it's a, am I going to yeah, spoiler? No. In very small print, it says Joseph Graziano, aged six of Syracuse, is accidentally shot. So I see that. What? And I'm like, <laughs> whoa, wait a minute. So that can't be, I mean, it can't be him because he drowned, right? But we were also told that he was four, right? Yes. Yeah. So the whole story for all these years was that his brother, Joseph Graziano, was four years old and drowned tragically. Correct. Not only that, I have an Uncle Tony, who you know, Uncle Tony. Yeah. He was my father's older brother. Um, as you can imagine, everyone, when, you have, when you're the youngest of 12, your older brothers and sisters are like, you know, really old <laughs> compared to you. So I didn't know a lot of them. But Uncle Tony, we knew. And I even have a video of Uncle Tony talking about the fact that Joe drowned and how sad it was. And he even went into detail that they had to dredge the, the river and pull the body out in front of his parents. And I'm thinking... Yeah, like major detail. Now, now Uncle Tony wasn't... He was only two years old or whatever, one and a half years old when this happened. So he didn't get that firsthand. So when you read the rest of the article, it then said parents, Giuseppe and Melchior... Graziano, and they give the address. Those in names Syracuse, are about as Italian as they come. And that happens to be my grandparents. <laughs> and evidently what happened was my father had another older brother, Charlie, who at the time was 17 years old. And it turns out that he had just the July 4th weekend purchased a gun from a friend of his. And supposedly, I'm not saying he did this on purpose, but supposedly he was cleaning the gun and little Joey went into the room and shot himself. And it says that he stumbled out of the room and the mother, you know, my grandmother was cooking dinner and he was in the hospital. And I still don't have a death. I can't find a death notice yet or anything else. I mean, it's pretty chilling, this article. I'm just looking at this. So you said it was Charlie, but this says that the gun was purchased last July by Salvatore Graziano age 17. Yeah, that's him. It was Salvatore Charlie. But they called him Charlie? Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Is that a middle name? 
Maybe they, do you think maybe that they started calling him Charlie after this because his know. name was tied to this? I don't know. So I'm going to go a little deeper with this because somehow this story morphed, and I don't think it was accidental, into a drowning. And Charlie is never mentioned. So my feeling is that probably my grandparents, to protect Charlie, probably changed the story and moved from Syracuse to New York City. Well, it also, but it also just furthering this whole narrative, right? This mm-hmm. whole lie. So for all of my life and all of your life, right? Mm-hmm. Much longer. Mm-hmm. And my father's. And your father's, right? Because I don't think grandpa ever knew the real story. My grandmother was pregnant with my father because he was born in February. Yeah. But the, the whole thing is that the narrative that we all had in our head was that there was two tragic deaths Mm -hmm. in the family at a young age, right? Of the sister and Mm -hmm. then Joseph. Right. The other thing was that Uncle Charlie was a drunk. Correct. And kind of like a misfit. But not knowing, I mean, now that makes sense, knowing what he experienced at 17 years old. Everything I know about the rest of the family, none of us had an alcohol problem or... You know what I'm saying? He was the only one. And that would weigh on you, right? Well, yeah. I mean, that's an experience that I'm sure shaped his whole life. And obviously never met my great-grandparents, but I can't imagine either of them were ever quite the same. No. And in fact, Uncle Tony and his wife, Aunt Anna, said that Grandma was never the same really after that. I mean, I can't imagine losing two kids at those ages, you know? No. So, you know, I have a few articles I wrote on this platform called Medium that are published on medium.com. And I wrote this and that'll be the title of this podcast is Death in Syracuse, New York, August 1920. And, you know, I I just, I can't imagine what that was like for my grandmother and grandfather, you know, being a parent. And if any of you read my article on in Medium, that picture of that newspaper is there. You'll see the entire article. Maybe we can link to it in yeah. our uh, show notes. Okay. Oh, that's a good point. I'll do that. So if we are tying this back to, because, I mean, it's an interesting story, specifically interesting for us, right? Because mm-hmm. we're like, wow, that's mm-hmm. crazy. But, wow, and there's another article here that says, <laughs> ladies' complexion worries ended at last. Spoiler alert, they haven't ended. <laughs> This is like. This is so typical of you, Christina. A very sad article about a hundred years ago. A sad article about my family, and you're reading about the uh, complexion creams from 1920. If I could pop back in time and tell them, you know, you didn't solve complexion issues. No. Still dealing with that over a hundred years later, but anyway. Yes. The point is that in anybody's family, Mm -hmm. as you go back in time, some kind of a lie or a cover-up or a story and it doesn't mean it's sinister but that has shaped the next generation's thoughts around something or the way that people have dealt with things and the same goes for companies right Mm -hmm. like even think about a company's story or there's history but you you can write history right correct great copywriters and marketing department you create or weave the story that you want others to latch onto. And if you can do it in a family and create for generations, I mean, literally 101 years, you know, of this boy drowned, that newspaper happened to have been published in a newspaper archive. Exactly. Right? Microfilmed back whenever, and now it's available online. And a story is 
found out to be wrong 100 years later. Right. And as I think about that, I'm like, okay, you know, are there people that I've ever just not liked for any particular reason? Maybe something happened to them that, you know, if I knew more about their story, it would put yeah, it into right. some context. Or even, you know, like families that are super strict or have, mm -hmm. you know, odd or unique rules that you've maybe just never understood. And I mean, and that can be relevant even in a corporate situation, like certain mm -hmm. companies have just like foobar rules or, you know, different mission and things like that. Anyway, not to make it about business, but I think there's just so many things that if you look behind the surface, probably things that made no sense start to make a little bit more sense. Yeah. And it really showed me on a on an emotional level that um do you need and, a tissue and the less no why i thought maybe you were gonna oh, start to I'm shed a tear cry. no i'm not gonna cry <laughs> it's been too many years <laughs> but really it was noble what my grandparents did with the pain and suffering that they went through because of this to protect the child who accidentally wasn't on purpose but accidentally caused the death of one of their children to actually protect him and create a different reality mm -hmm. that wasn't wrong that was noble that was protecting the young life for the future yeah and and it just it really brings to me why we wanted to share this everyone has a story and a reason for the way they may behave or react to things so cut people slack you know and we don't have to get into everyone's past, but don't judge people by their present or how they yeah. come across now. And I think that lesson and the, the story that this told transcends everything and can help you personally, professionally, in every way. I agree. And sometimes I think from that perspective, you know, when you're telling a story for protection or... Mm -hmm. Sometimes you tell yourself stories that, you know, help you to cope with things too. And mm -hmm. there's sometimes nothing wrong with the stories that we create to help cope with situations that maybe are too difficult right. to face. Right. So, you know, just live and let live. And yeah, man, we got deep people. here today, we Dad. We did. This is unbelievable. <laughs> but I'll tell you, it was a shock to find out. It, it was pretty cool from a just historical standpoint, but it really, really made me was super impressed with my grandparents and your great grandparents. So I agree. You know, and damn 12 children. Just that alone. I mean, if I were my grandmother, I would have shot my husband. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no. Well, we should end on that. No, I think we will. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever you are, whatever your story, thanks for spending time with us this morning. Now go and make a difference in your world. Dad, will I learn anything if I start digging into the past? <laughs> Do not look at my past. It's very, very, very peculiar that you're the only one digging. <laughs> Gotta control it, my own narrative. Talk to you all next week. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs>